You're listening to First Christian Church Podcast, featuring teachings from our pastors. Every weekend, they explore and explain meaningful truth from God's Word that helps us understand how to follow Jesus and grow in our faith. To learn more, visit us at firstchristian.com. Now let's dive into this week's sermon. Well, so often in life, it's a specific moment that often causes us to ask these, I don't know, these big questions like, who am I? Or, or maybe the more profound question would be one like this, whose am I? Well, it was a few years ago that I had one of these moments, just some life circumstances that caused me to kind of have an identity crisis of sorts. See, my entire life, I'd always, well, if I'm being honest, I'd always kind of built my identity around what others thought, or honestly, what you thought. And it was, it was this, almost this world of just like, uh, how can I build the church bigger? Or how can I uh, get more speaking engagements, speak at more things, get more affirmation that way? Or how can I get more clicks on a blog that I wrote? And, and it created this dynamic where I was going to bed at night almost with this dread of waking up the next morning, not depressed, but like almost like with this weight of feeling like I'm gonna have to wake up tomorrow and achieve. I'm gonna have to get up tomorrow and do more so that people can think whatever I think they should think about me. And, and all of a sudden I started to realize that my church would never be big enough. And all of a sudden I started to realize that speaking engagements would come and they would go. And, and I started to have this realization that no matter how many clicks the last blog got, I would always need more and more and more. And maybe you're like me, but it just gets to a place where it's exhausting, right? Like where it's just like that affirmation, that longing or trying to find your identity and what others think about you is just not enough. Like maybe for you, you would say, it's not that exactly, Ryan, but for me, it's just like I'm striving to be this kind of parent or I'm striving to be this kind of spouse, or I'm striving to one-up my coworkers, or I'm, I'm striving to, uh, to have this kind of uh, presence on social media. Or for me, it's just this pursuit of happiness, but no matter how hard I strive and work and, and pursue, I'm not really happy. And for you, maybe it's just this realization like I had. It's almost like this identity crisis. Well, today we're in the second week of our series called At The Movies. It's a series where uh, we've been looking at some of these big classic movies that you and I mostly grew up with. Movies like, well, last week we talked about Back to the Future. We're going to get into next week, Remember the Titans and the Mary Poppins. But we've been saying, okay, what if these movies weren't just there for entertainment, but what if we could apply some of the truths that we find in them to our lives and grow from them in our walk with Jesus? And so today we're going to look at the movie, The Wizard of Oz. And if somehow you've made it this far and you've never seen The Wizard of Oz, let me give you a snapshot of what it's about. It's a story of this young girl, Dorothy, and her dog Toto from Kansas, and they get whisked up in this tornado. And it sort of plops them down in this magical land called Oz. Now, it, it's a little crazy, right? It's a completely different world than they're from. And, and their house, which was taken up in the tornado as well, actually plops right down onto, well, the Wicked Witch of the East. Now, her sister, the Wicked Witch of the West, is there and she doesn't like this. And she vows to get revenge on Dorothy. And so Dorothy wants to get back home to Kansas as soon as she can. 
So Dorothy follows the yellow brick road on her way to meet up with the one that she thinks can solve all her problems, the Wizard of Oz. And on her way, she runs into a few different characters, the Scarecrow and the Tin Man and the Lion. And they, uh, like her, start to think, well, maybe this wizard could help us in our pursuit to fill uh, some of these gaps that we're finding in our lives. So, yeah, Dorothy, you want to get back home, but for us, man, uh, we feel like maybe we're missing uh, some courage is what the lion says, or, uh, or, or we're looking for a brain or, or a heart. And, and they recognize that they have these voids in their life. And so they go on this quest to try to fill those voids, to try to find their identity. And again, I think that's so similar to you and I. We're all on a pursuit to figure out who we really are. So often in our pursuit, to find out who we really are, to find our identity. Uh, we get, well, we can kind of get lost in idolatry. I'll say it again, so often in our pursuit to find our identity, we can stumble into idolatry. To help us with this concept, I, I, I was reading a book here recently called Who Do You Think You Are by Pastor Mark Driscoll. And uh, again, it's all about identity. And he actually shares an acronym in the opening chapter of the book. He uses the word idols. And here's, well, Let's kind of walk through it for a second. The I stands for items. Have you ever noticed this, that you and I were marketed to in such a way that we're, just, we're getting things we don't really need with money we don't really have to impress people we don't really know. We think if I have this kind of haircut or this kind of outfit or this kind of car, then people will think certain things about me. And we think that this will make up our identity or bring us fulfillment or kind of help us to understand ourselves better. And it doesn't. It's all shallow. It's all silly. Uh, it certainly doesn't establish our identity. And Honestly, it just becomes an idol in a lot of ways. It doesn't help in us establishing ourselves, it just becomes an idol. But then he continues to walk through, Driscoll does, and the D there stands for duties. Now, uh, to pursue a work or a job or some sort of duty is a good thing. It can bring worship to God, but it can also become a God if we don't have a healthy perspective on it. Like for you, if your job is a 70, 80 hour a week thing and it's where you find all of your worth, it's where you find your happiness, and it's where you find all of your joy, and it's where you, again, find your identity, well, that's not an identity at all. That is, it's an idol. And we have to be really careful that we're not pouring ourselves into our duties in such a way that we're neglecting our spouses or our kids or our, our own health and well-being. Again, it's just idolatry. Let's keep going. Another one that sometimes we don't even think about is others. The O there is others. Now, we say it all the time. I just said it a couple weeks ago. You weren't meant to go through this life alone. We need community as believers and as human beings. We need community. But we can also get to an unhealthy place where the people in our lives are determining the value that we see in ourselves. And so I, I think this is probably one of my biggest struggles is sometimes on a Sunday afternoon, I'll get an email from someone that says, hey, that was a life-changing sermon. Thank you so much. And it'll just sort of elevate how I think about myself for a moment. Or I'll get an email the next week and say, Ryan, you're a heretic. That was the worst sermon I've ever heard. And I just deflate because too much of my value is based on what others thought of me. 
and we can't function that way. Our identity can't be based and built upon what others are perceiving in us or what others are speaking into us. We have to be people who find a deeper foundation there. Again, some of that's natural, but we can get to a place where we put what others think on too high of a pedestal. Let's talk about the L now, longings. Now, all of us have longings. Here's what a longing is. It's to think of uh, the future and what could be in the future, right? And what happens sometimes is we can neglect the present because we're so concerned or so excited or so uh, living in what's around the corner. And again, the only issue with this and, and kind of the sinful place that this can get to is where uh, a good longing can determine whether or not we have a good day or a bad longing can determine uh, whether or not we have a bad day. And everything's kind of tied up in the emotion of the thing that we're longing for. And so to build an identity on something that might be or something that you're longing for, it's kind of just this shallow sort of up and down emotional roller coaster, and it's just not healthy. Lastly, though, and this one's kind of touchy, I'll be honest, uh, the S stands for suffering. Now, this is touchy because suffering is a real thing, and I know that there are a lot of us that right now in this season dealing with the pandemic, and maybe we're out of a job, or we're on a layoff, or we're struggling financially, or maybe there's a sickness, or someone that we love who's sick, and we're trying to figure out how to navigate this, and it feels like a real season of suffering. Uh, but I'll say this, I do think that we can get to a place where our suffering can become our identity and, and certainly an idol. We can get to a place where uh, when people come and they speak to us, it's our suffering that leads the conversation. Oh yeah, I'm going through this. And, and almost to a place where it's, it becomes who we are. And I don't think any of us want to be that person. I've told this story before. I remember having a conversation when I was in college with a young lady who's plopped down across the table from me in the, in the cafeteria. And the first words out of her mouth were, uh, I, I don't, it's raining outside. I hate the rain. I was raped in the rain. And I remember thinking how odd of a conversation starter that was, for one. I also remember thinking how heartbreaking that was that she went through that experience. But also I remember thinking like her identity is built on that suffering that she went through and how that's no way to live. And we can get to that place where we can almost idolize our suffering. And so now the question becomes this, how do we move past these things that we can uh, idolize, these things that we can build our lives around, these items or duties or others or longings or, or even sufferings? How do we move past that and how do we build an identity on something that matters, something that, that gives us a little more significance, something that brings a little color to our lives? And it might sound cliche, but well, here it is. I think that thing is Jesus. I think that thing is Jesus. And here's why I believe that, because Jesus, well, he says it. And he puts it all throughout his scripture. See, in John 15, we read this verse, and I'm just gonna read the very beginning of it. It's in verse five, he says this. He says, I am the vine, and you are the branches. And so what does this mean? This, well, let's just, it's pretty simple, right? He's the vine and we're the branches that grow off. Here's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, I'm the foundation. I'm the identity that you should be building around. And he doesn't stop there. We can go all throughout scripture and we can read similar things. I'll just read a few more to you. He says this in Galatians 4 verse 7. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. 
In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13, he says this, But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Or just one more, he says this in Colossians 2, verses 9 and 10, For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form, and in Christ you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. See, here's the tension that we find. We can try to find our identity in all these sort of shallow things, these things that don't bring any vibrance or any life or, or really the answers we're looking for. We can try to find our identity, again, in the items and the duties and others and the longings and the suffering and placing our identity in that stuff, or, or we can find our identity in Jesus. Now, you're saying, Ryan, and come on, it, it's a little cliche, though, isn't it? Like, okay, Jesus is where I put my identity. Well, why? What's the difference between that and all the other stuff that you talked about? Uh, and here it is, I think there are four things. The first is this, and I'm gonna give you some scripture to go along with them. Here's why Jesus is worth placing your identity in. First of all, he's unchanging. In Hebrews 13, eight, it says this, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. See, for me, there's so much comfort in this, right? Like that, to me, that says he's reliable. He's not fleeting like an emotion. He's not gonna come and go like uh, these longings that we have. He's not just here and there, like he's reliable. He's the same yesterday and today and forever. He's unchanging. If you're trying to build your foundation on something or build an identity in something, that's it, isn't it? You want something that's solid and not gonna just change like a feather in the wind floating wherever. But here's the second thing that we find uh, in Scripture is that he's enough. He's enough. Jesus is actually enough. I love this passage in 2 Corinthians. It says this, verses, or chapter 12, verse 9. It says, and this is the Apostle Paul. He says, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. So this is Paul talking about his inadequacies, and he's asking God, like, can you just take away this pain and the struggle and this thing that I'm going through? And, and here's how God responds. He says, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. Here's what Paul's saying. Like he goes to God and says, will you just take this, this ailment, this thing I'm wrestling with, do you just take it away? And God actually says, no, Paul, I'm not going to do it. But just know that I'm enough. I'm enough. And I love that about Jesus. He's enough. In a world where it's like, I got to get more stuff, more items so that I can build my identity there. I need to be, have more ad, adoration from people around me, speaking life into me or whatever. Uh, I need all of this affirmation from who, like God's saying, I, I can actually be enough. He's enough. Here's the third thing that I love about Jesus and why I think he's worth placing our identity in. He tells us this, that he has a purpose for you. He has a purpose for you and he has a purpose for me. In Psalm 138, verse 8, he says this, But the plans of the Lord stand firm forever, the purposes of his heart through all generations. So you're a part of those generations. He has a purpose for you and a plan for you. How beautiful is that, that when he was creating you and molding you and shaping you, he was thinking of what he wanted to do with you and he gives you a plan and a purpose to act out and to live out with your life. But then here's the last thing, and this is why I think we, we should put our identity in him, is he loves you. He loves you. Let me say it again, because some of us, uh, we don't hear that much in our lives. Some of us, we have sort of a void there. Let me say it again, Jesus loves you. And here's how much he loves you. In Romans 8, 
It says this, No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I love that. There's nothing that can separate us from the love of God. And so we can play this game where we go back and forth. Am I going to place my identity in the things that this world is saying or going to sort of shape who I am? Is that how this is going to work? It's just a bunch of items and money that I'm going to spend to build a wardrobe or it's what others are going to say about me or I'm getting out of order, but the duties that we have or the longings or the suffering or whatever, and I'm going to build my identity in that. Or you can build your identity in one who says, I don't change. You could build your identity in one who says, I really am enough. You could build that identity in the one who says, I have a purpose for you and I love you. And so here's maybe the next question that we ask is, well, Ryan, what do I do then? Like, how do, I, how do I know? And if you're someone who's tuning in, maybe for the first time ever, you're checking this all out and you're thinking, I don't even know if I'd call myself a believer at this point, then here's where I want to direct you. If you're saying, I want to put my identity in Jesus, after hearing all this, I, I want that, uh, then I want to direct you to our website, firstchristian.com, and I want you to click on this, this tab where it says, how to follow Jesus. And you can begin that journey of placing your identity in him. It doesn't mean everything's going to work out perfect. You're never going to have another uh, failing. You're never going to uh, get a little confused with where your identity is. But I promise you it's the first step and many steps is going to lead to a better life. But for the rest of us, here's how we can do a little assessment here this morning. Because that is the question. We say, well, Ryan, I'm a believer. Like, I've been doing this thing for a little while. I, I go to church. I watch online every week right now. You know, I'm, I, I'm a believer. But how do I know if my identity is really placed where it should be? If I, I really am who I say I am and I've built my life on Jesus. Let's go back to that John 15 passage. Remember, he starts out. He says, I am the vine and you are the branches. But then he says this. He says, and if you remain in me, and I in you, here it is. He says, you will bear much fruit. Let me read it again. He says, if you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. So if you're trying to figure out, is my identity really built in Jesus? Is it really, is the foundation really Jesus? Here's my question. Are you bearing fruit? Is it visible? You could say you believe. You could say that you want to walk with Jesus. You could say that you are. But... If you're wrestling with, is my identity bound up in all these worldly things and these things, these idols, or is it really founded and, and built on, on, on Jesus? And is he really the thing? Again, ask yourself, what fruit are you bearing? Or maybe a better way of saying this is, is it visible, your relationship with Jesus? Is it visible? Your life reflects Christ. See, let's go back to the Wizard of Oz just for a second. We see Dorothy with Toto sort of tagging along. And we see the lion and the tin man and the scarecrow. And they finally, at the end of the movie, they finally get to the mighty Wizard of Oz. 
And when they get there again, remember they're thinking the entire time, like we're gonna have these voids in our in our lives filled, right? Like, like the lion singing, I'm gonna be courageous and he's gonna give this to me. And the scarecrow and the tin man are thinking the same thing. He's gonna give me these thing, this thing that I'm lacking. And then they get there and, and what they recognize is that, well, this mighty wizard, he's just a man behind a curtain. He's a fraud. He can't give them what they're wanting. He can't fill that void. And here's the truth, here's the tie-in to you and me. The stuff that the world has to offer, it's a fraud. It can't fill that void. It's a man behind the curtain. But Jesus, Jesus can fill it. I know, again, that sounds cliche, but I'm telling you, he truly can be enough. And here's what the lion and the tin man and the scarecrow realize. That that thing they were longing for, they had it the whole time. And that's how Jesus is. He's been walking with you this whole time. He's been there the whole time. He's wanted to offer himself to you this entire time. You just got to grasp it. You got to say, I'm tired of, do, of, of finding my identity and trying to figure out who I am and whose I am over here. I'm yours, Jesus. And I want to press into that. And so for me, I look at that and I say, that's a better life. That's the kind of life worth placing identity in. For me, when I hear that, I say, that's a vibrant life, a life that truly matters. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode. We believe that no matter what's in your past or what your life looks like today, Jesus is for you. If something you've heard has moved you to take a step in your faith, we're here to talk with you. You're not alone. We're all in this together. Visit hub.firstchristian.com to connect and let us know how we can help you along your journey. Thanks again for tuning in today. See you soon.